How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. The splendor, the Oh, 
We're going to invite Brother Ron to come up. I want us just to all sacrifice our thoughts, our beings, to one cause in this service. We're out against one enemy. And we've got a brother here who's given himself. And I've seen God working with him. We've got a tall brother, got an elder brother. We've got a brother in between. I don't know what we're going to do with that guy. But neither does the kingdom of, of hell know what they're going to do with him. And I believe God has ordained him to be here. And ordained him to be a part of the bride in this hour. Now as we just invite him to come, let's just sing, Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up as we do that, okay? Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Oh, come and quench this bursting of my soul. your desire that he would come to where you're at he's made a promise he's a personal God and he's that kind of God he, he can take an audience of this size and speak to every one of us and he can tell you how special you are and make you feel like you're the only one in the room that's quite a God isn't it no, we don't need our names called or our whole situation. But in a moment, we can, we can just know that we know that we know. We know Him. And I would say this to you today. There's no one like Him. There's just no one like Him. Amen. Maybe you have a need on your heart today that you'd like to say, Lord, would you remember me? Just remember me. Every service has the potential to be the greatest service you've ever been in. Maybe for the one standing beside of you, it won't be like that. But for you. But for you. Lord, come near us now. We feel his presence. We know he's in the room. Now just invite him to where you're at. Heavenly Father, the God of Jacob, Isaac, God of our prophet, our God. Lord, you're not our God until we make you our God. And we sense that you're in the room. We have prayed, we have felt burdened, but now the time has come 
Last night we heard a masterpiece. Lord, how you touched our hearts and we've reveled in it through the night and even today. How you can take a young man, even in a message royal family, and give him a new birth. Then when he steps behind the pulpit, he has so been saturated by the presence of the Lord. It's no more that man, but it's now the Christ of this Bible. Lord, we didn't come here to feed on the, on the mind of a man or the personality of a man. Lord, the only thing that makes us great is you. We're a body. We're a team. We're believers. Now, Lord Jesus, we ask you, Father, as our hands have went up, and we all have great needs. And you can meet them in this service. We'll have a prayer line tomorrow night. But let us not put it aside till tomorrow. Could we just reach out and touch the Lord? As you would pass by, Father. Lord, anoint your servant. We can study and we can, we can just, Father, try to find the channel. But we need you. Now, that's just not speaker. That's here. Now, I ask you to touch our hearts today. Bless this church. Bless every visitor. Bless everyone for all the efforts that they have made. Bless Brother Ed and this congregation and all the officers. 30 years, this church is known around the world. I think how sovereign it is, as Brother Ed shared with me, that he and Sister Sandy was the first wedding in this church. There's no accidents with God. We thank you, Father, for this servant, Brother Harold, that now stands with the saints of all the ages. Lord, we thank you for his life, his friendship. Now, Lord, as we enjoy these moments together, may we just absorb this time. Father, it's a fleeting and it's passing so quickly. Touch us now, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm so honored to stand here with you and to be back again. Feels like home. And uh, we've been here for a long time now. And my hair was once red like his. And it's not that way anymore. I'm not a lick taller. Yeah, but... It's okay to be short. Amen. John Wesley was five foot one and he shook the earth. And so maybe at five foot five, I can shake it a little bit too. So I would like to just take just a moment. I'm sorry to keep you standing, but I'd like to take a moment to thank you for your prayers for us as our journey has continued and, and we're alive. And we thank God for life. And, and we, we thank you for your prayers for us. We, we continue to take chemotherapy every day, twice a day. And, and for those that don't know, we have brain cancer and lung cancer. And, uh, and the doctors tell us what a miracle that we are, and we know that. And, yeah. 
we, they always attribute it to our God. And, and uh, so we're thankful. We're thankful to have good doctors. And Brother Branham went to good doctors. And he said, if you don't, if you don't believe in their medicine, don't go to them. And, but we're thankful. Yes, chemotherapy makes you sick. Chemotherapy makes you do a lot of things. And, and uh, we've, lost, we've lost a bit of weight. And, and don't you get scared of that. It's actually a good thing. And so, amen. We're, we're grateful. If I look like I got my daddy's suit on, well, I don't. <laughs> but uh, I, I certainly love you with all my heart. And, and uh, isn't he good? I'm glad to have my best friend, Sister Connie, with me, and uh, my, my nurse, and, and all my help, and for all those guys getting married, for better, for worse, uh, you're seeing the better standing here, but she's the one that puts all the pieces together at home, and, and gets me up out of the floor, and when I'm sick, and helps me, and sees all the rough times, and she's a special lady. She's a very special lady. Amen. Thank you for your time, and we love you with all of our hearts. And You know, uh, it was March. And I was having a very difficult time. I was thinking of this meeting. And it was a burden like I had a weight on me like I had the flu. Sister Connie took me to Cracker Barrel. It's an American institution. You ought to try it sometime. <laughs> and we were sitting in, in overflow chairs because my strength wasn't enough I could stand. And we were sitting there, and I told her, I said, you know, I've been talking to you about my burden for the Edmonton meetings. I haven't been contacted. Maybe they won't have me this year. And while I was having the conversation, Brother Ed wrote me. And I said, look here. God's always on time. And God just don't do things to do things. He's got a plan. So as I stand here before you today, I, I want to share a few thoughts on my heart. I will continue tomorrow night and as the strength will allow me. And, and I'd like to speak to you on the authority in the name of Jesus. To destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Amen. If you will turn with me to Psalms chapter 46 and verse 1. Let's, let's have a good time. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's have church. I don't know how far you've come. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you got going on after service, but let's go ahead and have church. Amen. 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 Psalms 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and the, be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river in the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God shall, shall help her. And that right early. 
the heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. I love that, don't you? The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolation he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. You can be seated. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved. For thou art my praise. Psalm 6 and verse 2. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. Psalms 12 and verse 4. Who have said with our tongue, will we prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over Isaiah 54 and verse 17, no weapon Hallelujah. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is not only a prophetic and promise of the scripture for the most powerful people on the earth, but this is also an action scripture. So I would like for Satan to listen. He's here. He's here. You'll have to cast him out. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in the judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness of me. Notice these next words. Saith the Lord. We know God is a God that's never lied. He's a God that's never failed. We could pray a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, you are the name above every name. Your name is like a fortified tower in which I can find safety and security. When I'm troubled, I can find peace in your name. When I am weak, when I feel weak, I can find strength in your name. When I'm overwhelmed, I can find rest in your name. When I feel surrounded by the pressures on every side, I can find stability in your name. You're an ever-present help in the time of troubles. When it seemed like the world is crumbling around me, I am thrown around by the storms of my life. Take away my fear when I am weak. You are my strength. When I am vulnerable, you are my refuge. When I cry for help, you will answer me. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the Lord of Lords. 
You are the king of kings. I want you to remind you today that this is a Jesus meeting. This is a Jesus meeting. Now in a Jesus meeting, maybe you've come and and you know, maybe there's someone that's a sinner or someone that's got a lot of difficulties in their life and maybe the law of the scripture says that they shouldn't be among us or maybe this one's done that to hurt you or this one's had this little angst against one another and you know, and a lot of times Satan gets in the details of a lot of things and he'll begin to work because he knows he can't defeat the word. As a matter of fact, he can't even get to your soul, but he afflicts your flesh and he afflicts your spirit. And you can get in a spirit to where that it can take you in a lot of different directions. And it'll cause you to be critical with one another. It'll cause you to be sharp with one another. Brother Ed hadn't told me anything, so I, I just feel free. I'm a pastor too. And so it'll cause our humanity. It'll cause our humanity to look across the pew and maybe have a dart. But in Jesus' meetings, you find a place to where you can drop your rocks. You see, sometimes we come to church even in a convention and we're looking over here and we're looking over here and we're looking over there and we're looking over there and, and if we're not careful, we'll get in an accusing or an atmosphere of who's here and who's not here and we'll have a whole pocket full of rocks. But, but when they brought a woman before Jesus to accuse her, and, and they had a right and the law said that they could and there was a lot of things that, that was at trial here today. What would Jesus do with his own word? And Jesus knew their atmosphere. He knew the real reason behind the reason. Now he wasn't going to change his word. So he just simply stooped down and preached. You know, in some of his most powerful moments, he was quiet. He was quiet before Pilate. With a screaming mob, his silence was deafening. And Jesus asked these men that are accusing this woman, and they have, they have stones to do the job. And Jesus says, he that is without sin, Now he is without sin. Cast the first stone. I think that's one thing that Brother Branham was so successful at. Coming from a family of bootleggers. He always remembered he wasn't the most important one in the room. We can remember where we came from. And Satan tried to destroy us in our potential form. He would have did everything against us then to try to destroy us because he could see a light following you. Even while you were a sinner, he could look in that 
realm and see that light that was following you, that angel that was protecting you. When you was unworthy, when you were an alien from the kingdom of God, when you was a nobody, not a church wanted you, but Jesus had a plan in your life. And no doubt your vessel was being used to do a lot of things, but one day God would empty that vessel and fill it with the Spirit of God and then shake the kingdom of hell with it. Now I want to ask you, woman, where is thy accuser? Give the Lord a good hand. He is the name above every name. He is far above every principality and power. His dominion not only is in this world, but in the world to come. There has never been one greater than the name of Jesus Christ. It is the highest of all names. God has gathered you to represent him on the earth. Of all the people down through the ages of time, he has saved you to this day. Knowing that this would be Satan's Eden, where every demon of hell would be loosed against you. You hear the words invincible army, super race, super church, bone of his bone, life of his life. Those were not casual words. But that was not just the words of our prophet, but that was the words of God about you. Now if you can believe it, you heard it last night, but it's now more than just believing it, but now it's got to take action. Now remember, Brother Branham said, now God just doesn't make a tree just to see if he can do it. He just doesn't make this to see if he can do it. He just doesn't do that to see if he can do it. He just didn't watch over you since the days of Adam. This one marrying that one and this one marrying that one and this one marrying that one. All the way down even when Jesus was here, your, your, your seed was on the earth. And God watched over your seed in that natural form. Wars and pestilence and, and moving from country to country and watching over you. God was watching over your seed. Now you may be the only one in that natural lineage that ever has become a Christian. You may have had a lot of history of evil in your family. But God rich in mercy. God rich in mercy watched over you because before the foundational world before there was ever a molecule of this earth displayed he saw you he knew Adam would fall and because you were in the book 
because he had created his own enemy. He knew that we would have forces against us. So he came himself. He just didn't send an angel. He came himself to provide everything that you would have made of to overcome in this day. Now, he did that more than just to see if he could do it. He's not playing a game here of chess, checkers, hockey. Try to find you. He does just as, he's not just not gathering a church. He's not gathering a clique. He's not gathering families. He's gathering a wife. A wife that he can place his seed in. And he's going to give you a word so powerful in this day. It'll not be the mind of a man. It'll not denominate. It will not deteriorate. And everything Satan will do to try to destroy the message will only elevate it to show us that it's a masterpiece. And the people that will eat the book and realize that the book is open to them. And they realize that they're the Ruth of this day. I love that. If I, I can't add anything to that. But let me just say this to you. God doesn't look at your past. So I want to destroy that work right now. God doesn't look at your past like you look at your past. If you're, if you're in the Rahab lineage, when Rahab married Salmon, and him being a great, a great warrior and a great captain, I will guarantee you one thing for sure. He never reminded her of where she came from. Once she became his wife, he never called her a harlot. Boaz never reminded Ruth of her starred past and the things that she had been under and the oppression. I will guarantee you everybody that worked around Boaz dare not say anything about her because she was his wife. Can I take it to a higher level? The enemy that is in trouble when he torments you and afflicts you and he condemns you and he is our husband. That enemy will be judged for the things that he has said about you. Because God don't look at you that way anymore. Psalms 22. 
Jesus was in the tomb. He was conquering death, hell, and the grave. To the visible eye, you couldn't see what was going on, but in another realm, he was conquering hell. He was conquering death. So you and I wouldn't have to go there. God sent him to hell so you and I would not have to go. But Psalms 22 said, I will not suffer my Holy One to see corruption. So in that body, corruption could not set into it. And you're the reason. You're the reason. You were in him. Now if I can just say this boldly, if he couldn't corrupt you 2,000 years ago, he can't corrupt you now. say this to you oh what a blood oh what a blood well that's a good starting point isn't it it feels like it's 10,000 volts of electricity up here now Christ was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And Brother Branham says, you believe that? Yes. Now, I can't explain all of this. I, I'm just going to go through and just quickly now hit the high place so you won't have to stay too long. Christ was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Ask them, is that right? You believe that? That's why he was what he was. God's word which destroys the works of the hybrid, the devil. Is that right? He was done to do that. He was born to be that. To destroy the works of the devil. Now his body is to do the same thing. Now his body is to do the same thing. Because the body is the head and the body is together. That's right. And if Christ is the head, was the word, his body has to be the same thing as the head was. That's right. A church of the word. Born of the word. Virgin born from the word. Not denomination. Now, virgin born from the word. The way the body operates is by the head. Who is that, Brother Ron? Look around. Satan could not take them. He could not drown Noah in the flood until the purpose of God had been finished. He could not burn up Hebrew children until the purpose of God has been finished. He could not kill Job with balls and troubles until the purpose of God has been finished. 
Neither could the lions eat Daniel until the purpose of God has been finished. Neither could death and old age take Abraham until the purpose of God has been finished. And neither can it take you or take me until the purpose of God of our life is finished. Hallelujah. I stand here with zero fear. Zero fear of where I'm standing in life. If cancer could have took my life, it would have taken my life. But it's going to take a stronger wind than this. Why does God let troubles come? God harnesses troubles and puts it in the mouth and makes it obey him. Those troubles bring us closer to fellowship with God. Well, Brother Ron, I just feel like I've been a war in my life. In the last few weeks, it just feels like all Satan's against me. Well, I've got some scripture for you. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, and there was war in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. I love that, prevailed not. Neither was any place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. Now, do you remember that, Satan? If you're still here, do you remember that? That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Notice now what we're going to do. And they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I want to read that again. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Let's just say it together. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Brother Ron, but that was written 2,000 years ago. Yep, and it's applicable for you today. Now we're going to change this just a moment. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Say it with me. And they overcame it by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of my testimony. one of you are different this isn't a cookie cutter message everybody won't be like you or no nor wants to be like you <laughs> hallelujah brother Lonnie Jenkins said I always do heart surgery 
He said, Brother Ron does heart surgery and smiles while he's cutting your heart out. But every one of you has a book. And it's got a lot of chapters in it. And there's places where there's blank pages. It had a lot of words in it. But the blood took care of that. And now the accuser can't find it even to bring it up to God. Satan hasn't got any legal rights at all over a Christian. Every time a man gets saved, God just writes a whole big bunch of checks like that and puts his name at the bottom and said, here they are, fill them out. Are you scared of it? Fill it out. Whatever things that you desire when you pray. A lot of unanswered prayers is unprayed prayers. And if Satan can get you too busy to pray, he knows he can't defeat you with the word, but just get you busy. Just get you pointing at one another. But if you remember what you've been called for. Now, now let me just say this to you. He knows that you as a believer has every legal right to cast him out. But I'm a woman. Yep. You guys preach greater sermons a lot of times than men do. Oh, don't get quiet on me now. It's not a good time. We are all commissioned to cast out Satan. Jesus knew the power of prayer. He knew with his connection with God and the angels would, would stand at his command. Let me just say this to you. You are fortified greater than the President of the United States of America or your premier. And listen, our God's not a politician. I'm ever amazed that people will gather, 80,000 people to gather to hear a bunch of lies. And they don't want to go to church to hear a preacher tell exactly what the truth is. But our job is to destroy the works of the devil. And we have the authority, like Brother Branham said, that little police officer said he doesn't have the power to stop a bicycle. But he walks out there and puts his hand up in that badge on his chest and blows his whistle. He said, break, start screeching. Let me remind you, you're an ambassador of God. Hallelujah. You're an ambassador of God. Oh, but Brother Ron, if those saints of the ages would come back in this day. But God selected you. He selected you to live in this day. And he does not have expectations of you failing. So you're here for a purpose. You're here to destroy the works of the devil. 
have a part. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Then you're his offsprings and you'll destroy the works of the devil. Sons and daughters have the same ambition of our father. So my declaration to you, let's start destroying. Psalms chapter 91 and verse 1, for those that have known me for a long time, know this is my favorite scriptures. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. To keep thee in all thy ways. know that you have the authority they know that you have the authority they just hope you don't know demons know that you have the authority they hope you don't know Angelo Dundee probably was the greatest corner man for any boxer. One of the most famous boxers that ever lived in the earth, and I'll share a story with you after I tell you this, was Muhammad Ali. He made a great statement one time. He said, I didn't have to tell Muhammad Ali how to fight. I just had to remind him of who he was. Brother Ron, but that's a boxing story. Well, let me just give you a little brief history here that probably a lot of you don't know. I walked out of my hotel room as a young preacher, and there was a man standing, and he had his foot on a rail, second story, and had his foot on the rail, and he was standing there, and he was the preacher of the evening services at this large camp meeting. I recognized who he was, and I just began to talk to him, and he turned around to me, and he said, do you like boxing? His name was Harold Hildebrand. He said, I like boxing. He said, I really like, he said, I really like the, the fight. I said, Are you, do you have discernment? Because I like a good fight. Now, don't you go get holier than thou. 
Because we're in a real fight. When these eyelids open up in the morning and they said I should have died three years ago. And I realize I haven't fulfilled God's purpose yet. I'm not promised tomorrow. So let me just say this to you. Hell is in trouble. As long as I've got breath in my lungs, I'm going to praise the Lord. And I'm not going to stand in front of a people that's the bride of Jesus Christ. That is the most powerful people that there is on the earth. And give them some little poetry just to kind of get them to the next service. I want to remind you. You are the champions of Laodicea. We will overcome. We will have to fight for every inch of the ground. But we will win. church Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29 he giveth power to the faint and to him that hath no strength might he increaseth their strength even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk in nothing. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This has been, you may have heard it before, but this has been a real strength in my journey. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He is the architect of the universe and the manger at all, t- at all times. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. He is unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and, and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world cannot understand him. Armies can't defeat him. Schools can't explain him. Leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. Pharisees couldn't confuse him. People couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. He is light, love, longevity, and love. He is my Lord. He is goodness and he's kindness. He's gentleness. He is holy, he is righteous, he is mighty, he is powerful, he is pure. He is always right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging. And his mind is upon me. 
He is my Savior. He is my God. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. He rules my life. I serve him because his bond is love. His burden is light. His goal is, uh, is abundant life. I follow him because he is the wisdom of the wise, the power of the powerful, the ancients of days, the ruler of rulers, the leader of leaders, the seer of overcomers. And if that doesn't impress you, try this for size. His goal in his relationship with me, he will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He will never mislead me. He will never forget me. He will never overlook me. When I fall, he lifts me up. When I fail, he forgives me. When I am weak, he is strong. When I am lost, he is the way. When I'm afraid, he's my courage. When I stumble, he stumbles. He steadies me. When I am hurt, he heals me. When I am broken, he mends me. When I am blind, he leads me. When I am hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials, he is with me. When I face persecution, he shields me. When I face problems, he comforts me. When I face loss, he provides for me. When I face death, he carries me home. He is my God. I am his and he is mine. I would like to say, Satan, you must have forgot who you're fooling with. He has a way of underestimating his enemy. He can stand there like Goliath and make incredible boast, and God will send him a boy. create a chamber where it gets so hot until even the men that will throw in three Hebrew children they will be consumed by the fire but God has provided a conference and our prophet would go and look in that dimension and say Wormwood would go before God and said let me go down there and change it I flooded the world I can put the fire out Others will come and say, let me go down. And God himself will say, no, I've been watching. I've been watching. I'm going to go myself. And Brother Branham was saying he would call a zigzag lightning to come down to carry him down into the midst of the fire. He said, God loves to show his power. Let me remind you, you're not alone. I don't care what your situation is. He's riding on your storm. He's standing in the midst of the sea. He's right there with you. He'll help you walk on water. Maybe you quite questions in your heart tonight. I want to remind you, who got you here? Who got you here? Who pulled?
called you here? Who called you here? Now, if he could watch over you since Adam. Oh, but Brother Ron, you don't know what I'm going through. Don't matter. Your circumstances are only temporary. They're very temporary. Brother Ron, but you just don't know what the doctors told me. I got a good idea. But before my storm, he told me on December the 22nd, weeks before the storm would start, if you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before. And people from around the world can see a preacher that has standing. Maybe where no other preachers ever stood. Lung cancer, brain cancer, chemo every day. No hope by the doctors. Even told the other day that I'm on a terminal. That, you know, it, you know it'll only go so far. But I got another doctor. I got another doctor. I have another report. I choose to report a report that says I'm healed. So young people, when you're going through a trial, you may never remember my name, but you can remember my story. Are you with me? The same God is your God. My God, your God. He's no respecter of persons. You may feel like an orphan child. You may feel so alone. You can't stand yourself. Seems like you're the only one in the world. And the devil is whispering everything he can in your ear. Every dart of hell is against you. But let me just say, the God that's with you is greater than every God. Every devil that fights against you. None of us have ever had a day like Job had. None of us. The book of Job is an incredible book. It shows us what humanity can go through. But a prophet would take us even before Job. And he would begin to explain that that the enemy came before God and God asked him, said, where you been? Where you been? Well, I've been searching to and fro in the earth, seeking whom I may devour. Satan has an ambition to destroy you. He would destroy you with a lot of different things and he offers you guys a whole lot of different things. He'll offer you jobs. He'll offer you relationships. He'll offer you a lot of prosperity. But it's only temporary. I've been going to and fro in the earth seeking whom I may devour. And God speaks up and said, have you considered my servant Job? 
Now, Brother Branham said the reason he would say that is because he'd been fellowshipping with him. He'd fellowship with Abraham, and he's fellowship with you. And you've had some trials. I've had some trials. Now, he don't have trust in your flesh, but he has trust in that seed. Your flesh will get the urge to quit. Your flesh will say, I've had enough. Your flesh will begin to talk the devil's language. Your flesh will take on spirits. But God had confidence in the seed. And trial after trial after trial, none of us has had trials like him. Children, wealth, animals, gone. Horrific stories in a short manner of time. He did not get a letter from heaven saying, you're about to go through this. He didn't know when God would show up. It just kept going. But the only thing he knew to trust was God. A lot of things even in unwritten in the book of Job that you've heard in your ears. But when God comes to visit him, when he comes down to visit him, God doesn't talk about any of his trials. He doesn't talk about any of his trials. He doesn't talk about how bad he's got it, how much loss he's had. He doesn't talk about how defeated he feels. He begins to talk about the eternal realm. He begins to remind him, Job, where was you? Call your name right here. Where was you? When I laid the foundations of the earth. When I put the zodiac, the first Bible, into place. You represent one of them stars. Abraham, can you count the sand of the sea? No, you can't count them. That's your natural seed. Can you count the stars of the heaven? No way. Well, that's my spiritual seed. Abraham was standing there childless. God's not looking at your circumstances now. Oh, help me preach. He's not looking at how you feel. He's not looking at your critical spirit. He's not looking at all the things that you're fighting in your life. Where was you? Where was you when I pre-planned you? Where was you when I built you? Where was you when I put my attributes inside of you? Where was you when I laid your, put your name in the book? I'll not lose a one. I'll not lose a one. 
much longer I'm holding, I can hold on. You're not the one holding on. Go ahead and shout. I thank God I'm not the one holding on. I'd have quit a long time ago. I'd have give up a long time ago. I was discouraged a long time ago. I'm not holding on. He's holding on to me. Slidden condition. Look past your place to where you feel so depressed you can't go on. Look past the circumstances that are around you. Look past your troubles. Look past the things that you can't see through tomorrow. I called you justified you I have glorified you no wonder our prophet could stand here and preach to people that didn't believe it because he'd seen an eternal realm because a lot of preachers would turn against him and he knew in his own flesh, he said, have I done anything for God? His hands behind his head. An enemy was talking. Would you like to look beyond the curtain of time? He needed to see more than rejection of humanity. He needed to see more than a bootlegger's son. He needed to see more than a lost wife and a lost daughter. He needed to see more than just a little bitty church. He needed to see more than coming to Saskatoon and Edmonton and churches turning against him. He needed to see into another realm. He needed to handle them. Not just an illusion. But he needed to handle them. That regardless of tax cases, people worshiping him as God, his human frailties, pulling off his shirt and mowing and people coming by and feeling condemned, God needed to show him an eternal realm. What are these services about? We're not going to be here much longer. There's another realm. God has plans. Now you remember when, it won't be much longer now. But you remember when God was coming and blew himself a body. Picked up some elements of the earth and And then he stepped in. Because Abraham 
was now approaching the impossible age. Let me, let me just talk to you about it. God will allow things in your life to let you know that you can't do it on your own. Now he knew Abraham's going to have a son through Sarah. But I need to wait to where it's a total impossibility for him to be able to say that I did it. And he had to wait till Sarah became a cranky. Oh, woman. That was tired of hearing the story. So he knew I got to go have a conversation with her. Now, that morning, that morning, Sarah was in the tent. And she was fussy. You said, Brother Ron, you're out on a limb. No, I'm, I'm in the message. And it said she was fussing about, you know, those caravans. They don't come by here. They go down to where Lot's wife's at. She gets the nicest clothes. And she gets the nicest hats. And she gets all the nicest things. And she was just in a fussy stewie. Kind of happens at church sometimes. And Jesus is on his way. You know, a good sign of a meeting is when people get fussy and stewy. Oh, you don't have to hide now. I know I'm so on target, it's unbelievable. There's pastors all across this building. You know what I'm talking about. Some of your most faithful right-hand people take a knife and put it up under your chest and wiggle it around and you've just walked out of the pulpit. You know what I'm talking about. The devil uses your best friend. And so Abraham, he believed the promise. And so he kept himself in an atmosphere. To Abraham, he didn't care if he was 200 years old. If he was 300 years old. I can't figure out how old I'm going to have to be to get there, but I'm going to have a son because God said it. And God came. You know, Abraham wasn't a Trinitarian, so he, he called him Lord. And since the Lord came to the house, he wanted to entertain him, and he's on a purpose. Now, how he knew was by his voice. He couldn't recognize him by his physical being because he had met him as a pillar of fire, and he walked through the beast, and you heard his voice so many times. Now that voice is speaking out of that body. He can't explain it all, but that's him. That's right. 
Last night he spoke to you through a goss almost seven foot tall. And you know, you might have felt awkward with the way that he operated for a little while. But after a while, if you listen long enough, you heard, you heard him. You heard the voice behind the voice. And what he was doing was reminding you who you are. And that's what Melchizedek was going to do with Sarah. He's going to remind her of who she was. Because she had forgot who she was. She's a part of the promise. And he asked her a question that I'm going to ask you. Is anything impossible with God? No. Can we fast forward just a little bit? Abraham and Sarah, it seems that they are going to get out of the will of God. It seems. And in their trouble, they have to lie. Because when God does a work, he does it so well. It's just phenomenal. He takes an old cranky woman. Don't get mad. He takes an old cranky church. He takes an old cranky people. And he makes them so beautiful. To one of the the greatest kings in the whole world over one of the most powerful kingdoms in the whole world that can have anybody that he wants. And when he sees her, he's just got to have her. I want you to think. Now Sarah has a revelation of what God's going to do through her womb. She has a revelation now that my womb is going to produce Isaac. I'm going to carry Isaac. But the devil's always in the details. Now, God allows the devil to be like a tool. Okay. If I need a wrench, I, I go get a wrench. If I need a hammer, I go get a hammer. If I need a screwdriver, I get a screwdriver. And the devil is dumb. So God's looking at Laodicea, and there's Abraham and Sarah, now turned young again. But I got to prove. I got to prove. I've got to write the book to where that there's going to be a people on the earth around the world can believe I can turn them back young again because Sarah's the type. I got to have a people, I'm going to send them a message. It's going to be more than gathering a church and more than seals and more than thunders and more than, but I'm going to take their bodies and it seems like totally impossible, but they should be under expectation of a body change. Mortal is going to become immortal and I'm going to rapture around the entire world. on rapture morning no matter how difficult and how many things that Satan's thrown against them they're going to believe my word so much now you know I just have to admit to you like you're sitting here tonight 
Can I, can I just go out on a limb here just for a minute? Can you imagine how difficult it was for Sarah? Set in another kingdom's castle. Knowing that in the morning, in the morning, this king is going to marry me. How did I get here? How did I come through these situations of life? Here I I can't sleep. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be another man's wife. And it's going to be impossible to perform what the message says. Now let's go to a tent. There's a man with no doubt a fire outside of his tent. And he's crying before God. God. God, I've messed up. I'm down here out of your will, it seems. Not knowing that God wrote the book. He's just being a part of it. I mean, I lied. I lied yesterday. To save my own skin, I lied. He'd have killed me for her. But I lied. God, you came. You told me for 25 years I was going to have a son with her. You came and met me about a year ago. I never dreamed I'd have my hair colored back. I never dreamed my shoulders would be strong again. But here I am in my natural strength. God not only met him back up on a hill, but now, because he needed a people in Laodicea to catch the message. To know that it, it's not going to be you that gets you there. There's things going to be out of your control a lot of times. But he's got you in the palm of his hands. And let me just say this to you if I can. In your most difficult moments, you don't realize you're destroying the works of the devil. We invited Brother Kelly Hildebrand and Sister Myra to come and speak for us. Three and a half, maybe close to four years ago. We had difficulty flying the other day. Three flights became five flights. Lost luggage. I sat in blue jeans last night. You won't believe from where all the world was watching last night and I was sitting in blue jeans. You might have been critical, but there's a lot of people said I look good. As long as Connie says I look good, it don't matter what anybody else says.
I needed you to relax so I could get you there. Brother Kelly's brother flew a different airline. Is he here? Okay, your other brother's here. I see him over here. He's been smiling at me. He must like me, okay? (laughs) And so, you know, Kent, is that right, Kent? Kent made it right on time. He wasn't even a minute late. He was almost early. He made it absolutely wrong. And you know, you were supposed to be there. You were supposed to be there. You know, and so we're getting close to services. And earlier in the week, the Lord spoke to me and he says, Now you're going to preach a sermon on don't worry. Don't worry. Well, you know, we're getting close. And Brother Kelly, he's, he's now one day, he's now two days. He's now three days. And you know what? He's still coming. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? You know, more natural human beings just go, hey, I've had enough. I'm going home. Kent told me, he said, you know, I'll, I'll preach for you. I never heard him preach. We had visitors there. I said, well, the Lord gave me a sermon to preach, and I'll I'll just take that. Don't worry. I didn't know in a couple of months what was going to be told to me. And Brother Kelly comes, and we pick him up, not in the local airport, but we pick him up in Washington at a complete different airport than any of us would use. And I told the audience the night before, I said, now, you know, if you'll remember, you know, Sarah was all fussy, stewy, all kind of circumstances is going on. And it was Satan trying to block the visitation. So now, Brother Kelly doesn't realize what he's going through. But it's Satan trying to block the visitation. And he's got a message that's going to be real for us. And so, you know, Brother Kelly comes and, you know, we were supposed to have a Sunday morning service. He wasn't going to get there in time. And so, you know, we're in the South. We just changed it. If it don't work to eat in the morning, you eat in the evening. So, we get in a rut a lot of times. And so, you know, Brother Kelly, we pick him up and he looks wore out as the guy right back here. And, and you know, he's, he's a lot older than that guy. And, not quite 40 years, but he's a little bit older than that guy. Maybe 30. You know, I take him to my house, and he lays down about a half an hour, and he and Sister Myra lay down, and we get up, and we go to church. And You know, he starts, he comes to the pulpit, and he starts, and he's, he said, I got a coin I want to give, present to Brother Ron. I'd saw the coin before on, on his desk. And I thought so much of it because there was a man. It was a Normandy coin. It was a commemorative coin. Maybe you have some of them. But it's got a grain of sand on it. Just one grain of sand 
on this coin. And it's in a, it's in a little, little nice case. And you know, I had a man in my church that fought at Normandy. And he didn't become a Christian until in his late 70s, near 80. His name was Max. Max was losing his mind. He thought he'd been a drunk all of his life. He came to church because of a funeral. He liked it. He liked me. I don't know why, but he liked me. And Max had run the shore of Normandy, and he, when he left the ship, the water was already bloody. Men was running with him, and he watched them fall. And he said, I ran. All I knew to do was run. And he said, I made the sand. I was alive. And he said, I kept running through the sand. And I got to the wall, and he said, I made the wall. And he said, I stood there beside of the wall, and he said, why did I make it? He said, that thought went through my life. All those lives, probably four decades plus. I want to tell you why you made it. I want to tell you why you've made it. And I was preaching one night, and I began to talk to them about a grain of sand. You were maybe one of those grains of sand that God told Abraham about. And you've been through some wars, and you've been through some turmoil, and you didn't think you'd make it. And if it was up to you, you'd have quit, and you'd have give up. But you just kept running. You just kept running. And when you got to the wall, you turned around and you was believing the message with all your heart. And you said, how did I? Of all those millions of people, how did I see the message? Max, in the next service, generally said about the fourth row back. He was old. He didn't have any friends in the world. He came to church. Loved God. He went to the restroom in the middle of the service and was getting now toward the end. And I was finishing preaching and I was tired and weary. And I walked back and sat down on the on a seat like this. And Max walked up and put his hand on my knee. And he said, last night, you answered the question of why I made it to the wall. It was God rich in mercy. That was Max's last service. And he went home to be with the Lord. When Brother Kelly announced his text, we will accept nothing but total victory.
I want to say this to you. Let it be ringing in your ears. I was sitting there not knowing what was getting ready to happen. I went to the doctor. Can I have just a few more minutes? I went to the doctor. I thought I had a prostate infection. A Mennonite doctor examined, spent some time with me. And he said, Ron, I'm getting ready to send you down a dark road. And he sent me for scans. Well, before we would get the results of the scans, I had to be at Brother Biscoll's, so I was just going to fly by myself because the tickets was too high. And so it was just going to be a few days' trip, and I was going to go. And we got a call from Sister Connie's cousin that said, you need to be with Brother Ron. You need to, you need to get on the plane, and you need to be there because he's going to get some news. Sister Connie called one of those agents at United. I don't know if it was you or not, but she called one of those agents at United. And they did the impossible thing. They put me on every flight and put me beside her. Six legs on every flight. I need you to become my booking agent. Six flights. And she got her ticket cheaper. Now, God had spoke to me, you preach on courage. You can go listen to this. You preach on courage the first night. Five minutes before Brother Tom would pick me up, I get the call from the doctor. And he said, Ron, we have some bad news for you. You have a tumor in your lungs. And there's multiples of them. I got a kick in the gut. But I knew what I was getting ready to preach. Courage. I knew that Satan had tried to block that man sitting back there. Brother Kelly Hildebrandt. He had tried to block him for three days from getting to the church. Tried to block him from telling me We will accept nothing but total victory. God knows what your future is. God knows what you're about to go through. Don't you give up on your lost kids. Don't you give up. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how bad they've turned against the message. Don't you give up on them. I don't care what the trial looks like. I don't care what a mess that they've made out of their life. There's a grain of sand. There's a grain of sand. Why did you have such a hard time getting here? You told them who they were. Satan knew what you was going to tell them. They were going to believe. They've been going through a whole lot of things in their life. God knew what they'd been going through months and weeks and situations and troubles. But they're the queen of heaven.
now, months ago, he tells me of what to preach in this service. You remember the burden? I understand trouble. I understand difficulty with seizures, even having them in a pulpit. I've had one while I preached to you just now. But I don't quit. I understand what it is to take horrible medicine and get so sick from it and throw up. Eight times from my house to the church. And my boys say, why don't, why don't you just set it out? No, I can't set it out. Or every time I come to church, he'll make me so sick. I got to get in that pulpit. You can't quit. you're going through stand at your post of duty let's be real let's stand strong let's pull our sword and destroy the works Let me say what you've been going through. Satan has done everything he can, Brother Paul, to destroy you, destroy your influence, destroy, intimidate you as a human being. Just to stop the plan of God. But he will not win. Our anchor is not in our flesh. He'll not lose one. You getting it, Brother Ray? You getting it? You preached to me 20 side, 20, 20, about 20 minutes, the other side of this sermon. This congregation knows what you're going through. And they may have a lot of opinions about it, but it don't matter. It don't matter. God will get the glory. Maybe I'll finish tomorrow, but can you imagine on that day when God calls up cancer to judge him? That cruel disease. That cruel disease that takes babies, takes young mamas, takes young daddies, takes old people when they're so tired they can't weak. They can't take the medicine. They can't take what's going on. Takes the prince of a preacher like Ken Boyer. 
He's a cruel enemy. And he said, wait a minute, I, I got a witness for you. I got a witness. I, I got a witness. He remained strong. He remained victory. I'm just one of millions. Ron, would you like to come and testify? Yeah, I would. I'd like to talk a little bit. By the grace and the help of Jesus Christ. I was afflicted. But I was not defeated. your story's over. It's only getting started. We sat around the table, and I'm finished. It's just free. We sat around the table, and some of you talked about your moms and dads slipping beyond the veil of tears. What a horrible moment. You felt lost. You felt like an orphan child. I too, I too watched my mom go. She was a real believer. She told the doctor, he said, I, I, can, I can help you. She said, no, I'm ready to go. And when she said go, she was gone. That little woman went from this veil and stepped into a new body. No matter what your book says, this is not the end. So End Time Tabernacle, Edmonton, all the churches is represented. Where was you? Where was you when I laid the foundations? Where was you when the morning stars sang together? Where was you when I wrote the book and I put your name in it? Where was you at? Now, not just where you was at. I want to tell you where you're going to be. I've got a a city 1,500 miles high and... 1,500 miles wide. It's a pyramid city. and I'll be at the top of the city. I'm the lamb of the light. and Death will never touch you no more. Agony will never touch you. There will not be a hospital. There will not be a prison. There will not be a center there. Death will never come nigh thy dwelling. There will not be a gray hair. There will not be a dead leaf fall off of a tree. You're talking about the most beautiful rose garden. You've never seen one like God plants. Where have you been, Sister Gertie? Well, I've been at the rose garden for about 500 years. Well, how could she do that? You've never seen God's rose garden. Hannah. It's a place where you'll never have a gray hair. You'll never have a trouble. 
You'll never have a heartache. And these are the true sayings of God. Now, I want, now it's an action sermon. It's an action sermon. I've never preached this, so, so just so you know. Now I want you to just think deeply on the things that I've just told you and what he told you. And I want you to think about everything that Satan's tried to do to stop you. And he didn't have enough. He didn't have enough. Listen, he didn't spare anything because he's at war with you. He's at war with you. He's trying to defeat you with everything. He'd shut your church down. He'd make a mockery of you. But because you're his son. I'd like for you to just stop just for a moment. And I want you to tell the devil he's defeated. Now, I'm not going to, but there's hundreds of quotes where Brother Branham is in prayer. And he says, Satan, you are defeated. You are defeated. You don't have the keys to your own house. You don't have arrows for your own bow. Jesus Christ defeated you at Calvary. Now I adjure thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have no legal right over God's property. Leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to say it with me. Leave. Leave. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Won't you just give him praise now? trial before it ever started. God could have stopped your situation and your worries before they ever came. But he said, I'm going to take that. I've got confidence in them. I've allowed that. And I'm allowing that to destroy the kingdom of hell.
Did you get it? Brother Branham would turn to Billy Paul and he said, Billy, did you get it? And he said, oh, yes. He said, Billy, did you get it? Yes. Yes, I did. Did you get it? And he said, I didn't get it. But if you can get what I've said to you tonight, I want to ask you, did you get it? Don't go through what you're going through and not see the master plan. snares. meeting you just didn't accompany your father and come to watch your son preach I know you're proud of him but actually God brought you for this moment 
Satan's been at work. And regardless of what you see, he can't have your son. You see, I had a visit today from another realm. He can't have him. He can't have you, brother. And you say, Brother Ronnie, listen, he's the one that wrote the book. It's not what you're looking at. Don't you let the devil's works discourage your faith. What about your loved one now? If he's mindful of his. He's mindful of his. What about yours? We're about to finish this thing. Why don't you tell that accuser, you can't have my children. I don't mean to be so personal, but sometimes I gotta be. I call Candace's name in prayer today. Reminded, I reminded the Lord. I said, Lord, she bought a suit for me with these young people. God, don't forget. He said, Brother Ron, but what I'm looking at, don't look at what you're looking at. Don't look at your trial. I, we're not going to have a prayer line tonight, but I want you to reach into the faith realm, the unseen realm. very special visitation one night and he told me about four o'clock in the morning and I felt his hands on my shoulders and he turned me around and he said Ron I want you to see past what you see I'll just say these words see past the doctor's report See past the sickness. See past the weakness. And I want you to think past your thoughts. Now I want to challenge you now. The angel's in the building now. I want you as believers that have been reminded of who you are. God sent me here to tell you that you're to, to destroy the works of the devil. That's our mission on earth. And the trials that you're facing and the situations that you're going through. God put something inside of you greater than every situation. 
Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. I did my best to get out of the way tonight, Father. You're the great one in the building now. Lord, you not only speak it, but you bring results. A name above every name. Authority above every authority. At the name of Jesus Christ, I stand here as your servant of the Lord. Father, we pull our swords and we take you at your word. Satan, you're defeated. I want to tell you about your, def- your defeat. You were defeated at Calvary. My Lord took the stripes at Calvary that I could be healed. Father, you gave your life and allowed them to beat you and put thorns on your head that I could be saved. And the price of redemption could be prayed, paid. And on first Easter morning, you arose. And we have an empty tomb as an infallible proof that our God's alive. And you've came to this meeting. You've came all the way to this meeting. You've seen our trials. You've seen our situations. You see our impossibilities. And now tonight we realize that all of our impossibilities are destroying the works of the devil. So I say, boo devil. Boo devil. Boo devil. At the name of Jesus Christ, we're more than conquerors. And we're arguing with a defeated devil. So Satan, take your hands off of God's property. And we stand in victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Won't you just give it to the Lord now? Thank you, God. Thank you for my trial. Thank you for my journey. Thank you for my test. Thank you for every situation. Through it all, we'll come forth like gold by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. When we've been there ten thousand Lift your eyes now above your problems. Bright shining as the
Hallelujah. 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 Amen. At the beginning of this service, we said that there's more than what we see with our natural eyes in this room. And there's another one that's been in this room, and that's the enemy that has thrown everything at you. And he's been watching this service, he's been watching our reaction. Brother Darren Boyer, we were in Kelowna a couple of years ago and you were speaking that morning and you took the book of Job and it so spoke to me how God would tell Job about Leviathan and he says, who can do this? But the story was not about what Job was going through. That's what Job saw. But he was trying to tell him, watch what I'm going to do to the devil through this trial, and you will be the victor over it. Amen. Brother Kelly, we spoke just a little over a few weeks ago, and we shared this quote, and it was precious. Brother Ron touched on the story of the Hebrew children that were going into the fire. And Brother Branham would say this, he would say, Daniel was the one that was there in that day. He was the leader as Christ being the leader of the church. But there was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were the church. And they had to bow before the image and worship the image. But notice, Daniel was silent. You may have been waiting for God to take away the trial. You may have been waiting for God to remove this burden. But God has just allowed him to be quiet. And the quote goes on to say, in those times, Daniel was silent. Oh, I hope you get this, he says. Daniel was silent. They had to make their own choice. And those Hebrew children, their testimony before they went in the fire, even if God doesn't deliver us, we will not bow down. We will not serve this enemy. I will still praise him. I will still give him glory. And the devil is watching, and I just choose today, like Brother Ron did when he was sick going to church. I'm going to thank the Lord, because he's going to make a way through. And the devil will be subject to my testimony. He will be subject to my reaction in this service. Oh, my goodness. And while that was going on down there, the angels were starting to rise up. Look, look, look. And Christ said, I know. God said, I know. This is not for you. I'm going to come down.
He's watching. The devil's watching. But I'm making my choice tonight. What choice are you going to make? Brother John, I don't know if you remember the song, I'm not going to let you go. Do you know that? Can you do that? This is God's determination. Your flesh might be weak, but God knows what he put in you. He knows what you can go through. He's not going to let you go. Let's sing this. Mercy said no. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you slip away. You don't have to be afraid. Mercy said no. Said the sin will never take control. Life and death stood face to face. Darkness tried to steal my heart away. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy said no. Jesus, mercy said no. 